Thanks for listening to Suicide Buddies. Uh, this is Hampton Yund, and I just want to let you guys know, the listeners, that we take this pretty seriously. We joke around about depression and suicide and dark thoughts, but in actuality, we really want our audience to feel safe and secure. And if you're dealing with those sorts of dark, swirling, awful thoughts, we would prefer if you right now put down the podcast and call 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-TALK. It's the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, and they're great people. They have the resources that can help you deal with the situation and get through it a little bit uh, more medically professional than us. And Dave and I are very happy that you're with us, so keep listening. You know just what to do when Right now, we're so happy that you're here at Suicide Buddies. You could be watching any of three movies right now about dolls and toys that are alive <laughs> and want to kill you. Oh, man. Yeah, there's so much doll murder. <laughs> in the theaters. Uh, in there's, the theaters. There's three movies out in conjunction. Chucky. Chucky. What else? Annabelle. That's oh, a doll. I don't know. Toy about Story. Oh, there yeah. There you go. Uh, we saw <laughs> Toy Story together. Uh, I loved it. Oh my god, I loved it so much. And um, probably it hasn't been out too long, so don't want to give any spoilers. <laughs> but I will give one tiny spoiler, which is that there is a lot of fucking suicide in that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird to be like punching your shoulder, being like, "Look, look at all." Look at the suicide that's happening. The two suicide nerds. If I was a a suicide movie. Oh man. I thought about the that the first Toy Story I saw. I was like, why why would you live this existence? Right. Where you're just like a slave who uh (laughs) has to pretend to be dead every time there's a human in the room. (laughs) I my belief is that Woody is like a type of slave and god. Okay. He is a slave slave to Andy. And Andy's consciousness, but, but then... But God of the toys. But then, spoiler alert, Woody, the doll, in the Toy Story 4, mm-hmm. he creates a toy. He does. And he's God. Oh, my God. He's like Frankenstein. He creates a fucking... You know, he's man-making... He's more like Frankenstein than he's like God. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the point of fucking Frankenstein. <laughs> Not really. Right? Oh, what's it about to you? <laughs> Guy with big boots and... <laughs> man being God... I guess it is. That's entirely what Frankenstein's about. But like, but the reason I said that he's more like Frankenstein than he's like God hmm. is that Frankenstein like really fucked up, and uh, like Frankenstein, <laughs> God like you know yeah. is all powerful, whereas Frankenstein had a lot of limitations. You Dude, know, what a great book, Frankenstein. <laughs> it was great. written by a woman while on LSD. Absolutely, and she basically wrote. Well, the problem is if. You know, Frankenstein is basically an allegory of God. It's like, look at the hubris of this guy, and he makes this like amalgamation of the perfect human being, and it fucks up. It doesn't understand life. It doesn't know how to go on about things. Right. 
isn't that a little familiar <laughs> to us, to another type of God in oh, that's funny. real life? I don't know if that was her point, but I, I get that's that. That's what you from got Frankenstein. from Frankenstein. Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's like, you know, is is God I was created. Than... What does he know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what does Woody know? <laughs> when... Well, Woody doesn't know anything. <laughs> Woody's putting Play-Doh on Slinky Dog's asshole. <laughs> oh, I... Well, making it a more gigantic ass. That's, he likes a big ass. He's making a big ass on Slinky Dog <laughs> with Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> Woody's doing his weird plastic surgeries in the toy world. <laughs> Man. It's a confusing movie. I mean, that, well, yeah, the um, the sort of arc with, uh, what's his name? The the toy he makes? What was it, Forky? Forky. That's so, right. Yeah, yeah. Fork. Yeah, he, made, he makes like a Forky. Forky, Forky yeah. Like the whole thing where character. like... The movie is so look, wow. Spoiler fast alert, forward looks like ten minutes from now if you haven't seen Toy Story four, <laughs> but because we're clearly just gonna fucking talk about it. Um, but um, yeah, f- there's like there's a whole process that Forky and Woody have to go through with Forky accepting his own identity. I don't know. It really fucked me up. Me too, dude. It was so... I was like, is this the right message to be sending kids? I feel like we're going to need multiple episodes to deal with this. (laughs) Yeah. Us just seeing a movie together. (laughs) Questioning who was God in it. It's the problem. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I watched Bill and Ted. I was like, are they all God? (laughs) What is this? I watched Jurassic Park. Is that dinosaur God? (laughs) What's it telling me? I mean, I think the scientists in Jurassic Park are God. Oh, there you go. (laughs) I think it was... No, that's actually a pretty good point. <laughs> it's a really good point. It's very Hampton esque thought. Um, that was a good point that you said that thing that I think a lot. <laughs> I really like it when you think things like the things I well, think. Well, what if our God is just alien scientists who are really smart and who I mean, are like, hey, let's put a monkey and a human together? What oops, is God oops, except one who who fucks who fucks with things? You know yeah. what I mean? He's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Suicide Buddies. This is Suicide Buddies. Uh, this buddies. is not the God podcast. You go to Pete Holmes if you want that nonsense. Absolutely. Uh, I'm Hampton Young. God boy, Pete Holmes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Dave Ross. This is Suicide Buddies. It's a comedy mental health podcast where uh, every week uh, Dave Ross and I, Hampton Young, get together. We talk about mental health. We talk about depression. We talk about suicide. We try to make something interesting out of it every week and you know what god damn it we've hit the mark we've god hit the bullseye every episode no yeah every single episode has been better than the last <laughs> every episode we somehow managed to hit the mark on point every time by the way you know what i just saw man did you see this uh that do you know what our most listened to episode is no it's the one where you interview Jake and I'm not there. <laughs> that's literally that's well I nothing I, I, ha, ha, in nothing in my life has hurt my feelings more 
than that. <laughs> Guys, check out the Jake Wiseman episode. Uh, that's my only sponsored episode where I paid uh, algorithms to promote it. Because I was worried because you weren't there, Dave. Yeah, totally. So I was worried about the slack. So I paid a bunch of algorithms to make it oh. seem like it's the most popular episode. Okay, this is oddly making me feel better. Yes. <laughs> Money does make things well, odd. I don't really like that you... It seems like, like that's better for me, but also you're a really bad friend. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I feel mm. good about myself, but not about us. You know what I mean? Why? That I would spend that money to cheat the algorithms <laughs> to make your you know, self-esteem feel a little higher? How am I not like the parent that's taking care of their special needs child and making them feel good for one day? <laughs> Just one day. Well, thank takes. you, Hampton. <laughs> That's great. How am I not? <laughs> I mean, I assume it's because Jake has a big internet presence and it was a great conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It got shared a lot. I mean, <laughs> okay. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Damn, dude. Oh, I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it did get shared a lot. It, like, it does, I do just think it's funny. It doesn't really hurt my feelings. But I will say, something that did actually hurt my feelings was... The day that it came out, I was like sharing it and stuff. And uh, and I saw people that I know, like who have a fuckload of Twitter followers, mm-hmm. tweeting like, you got to hear this conversation between Jake Weisman and Hampton Young. It's incredible. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was just so... being like, God uh, damn, dude. Why am I such an exceptional <laughs> interviewer? <laughs> I think that's really the problem. Is that you're such a good interviewer? I mean, if we were to point a finger, uh-huh. how about point a middle finger uh, straight up at I me? I am really, really happy I brought this up. <laughs> me being a mm-hmm. awesome... <laughs> you're right. Who, who's like a classic... I'm like Barbara Walters, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm exactly like it's Baba true. Wawa. Yeah, Baba Wawa. I don't even know what I said to Jake mm-hmm. or what got out of him. That would be so funny because I'm like, I'm not, I'm not a good interviewer. Oh, but it was great though, man. I'm like... <laughs> It was. Well, the uh, the fans have. It's the only episode I've listened to. Maybe that's why. (laughs) That extra bump, the one extra listen from Dave Ross. Um. Well, uh, happy Fourth, man. Happy Fourth of July. Happy Happy America's Day. Happy nine eleven. This episode is coming out on seven eleven day. (laughs) So That's true. yeah, guys, I'm sorry for the tragedy of 7-Eleven. Yeah, dude. Um, hats off for Pete Davidson's dad dying uh, no, the week man. before of slurpy addiction. No, uh, yeah. Wow. No, you're confusing two things, man. Um, His no, dad I died on the- 9-11. <laughs> oh! Yeah. Damn. Your dad died on 7-Eleven. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was my dad. Oh shit! Uh, School's um, closed on Seven Eleven, guys. Uh, yeah, this episode hits the fucking Walmart shelves on July eleventh, two thousand nineteen, and um, that's Seven Eleven. And uh, every year on July eleventh, Seven Eleven gives out free Slurpees. It's fucking free Slurpee Day, dude. And I oh, is that true? Yeah, dude. You didn't know that? No. Whoa. I wish you guys could see how happy Hampton just got. I, I'm super erect. Wait. Wait. <laughs> Very happy. Wait. I, when I was a DJ at 103.7 KRZR, the wild hair in <laughs> Fresno, California, 
um, from 2004 to 2006, I was really broke near the end. And uh, they were kind enough to start giving me remotes because I asked them for more work. And a remote is when you go to a business and um, the DJ on air, yeah. you like set up a tent for 103.7 KRZR, the wild hair. Meet you know? the people. And, uh, you yeah. Know? And you have like, yeah, like Seether CDs and you play the <laughs> fucking. People are mad at you. <laughs> Why are you giving us Seether CDs? <laughs> I know. People are not mad. Get not, the fuck out of here. Not people that are coming to Guitar Center uh, on fucking. Bullard that's, Avenue. That's where uh, my band plays, dude. Guitar, Guitar Center, Center on Bullard. Yeah, we all play in different <laughs> sections, but we're a band. Uh, actually, I don't think the Guitar Center is on Bullard. I think it's on Blackstone, but, you know, whatever. We don't need to... We, I just don't, don't want my Fresno fans yeah, to be like, hey, fuck you, you dude. You can't stand the hate mail. <laughs> I can't hang, dude, yeah. Um, I, uh, anyway, yeah, so I started... Uh, they would send me off to do those, and you would just stand there in a tent, and uh, then you would play the radio out of a speaker, and then twice an hour, the DJ on air would be like, Dave Ross is down there at the Guitar Center on Blackstone. What's up, Dave? And be like, hey, what's up? We're here for two hours. You come to Guitar Center. They have, like, guitar picks and drums and shit. And, uh, <laughs> guitar shit. <laughs> they got guitar shit, God, dude. Yeah, they got and, a ton of guitar shit. Because <laughs> it's a guitar center, dude. Strings. And- yeah. yeah. It's not a guitar left or guitar alt right. It's guitar... <laughs> I'm a guitar centrist. Oh, <laughs> uh, damn. Bill Clinton was a guitar centrist. Absolutely. He was more of a saxophone centrist, but there's no store called Saxophone Center. <laughs> but he should open it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, dude. Why buddy. doesn't Bill Clinton have a fucking podcast? Because he's going to fucking prison. Dude. Is he going to prison, dude? dude. For getting a blowjob? This again? No, Jeff Epstein, his buddy, just went to fucking jail today. Oh, really? His pedo friend. Oh. The dude that's like completely like associated with Trump and the Clintons. This dude who's like, he's going to jail for pedophi- like running a Whoa. sex trafficking network. At the same time that Trump apparently ran a basically a modeling agency that was any ages. <laughs> they were all good friends. Clinton, Clinton running on that plane all the time, apparently. Like, it's well documented. Whoa. So they're probably all going <laughs> to prison? For Wait. pedophilia. <laughs> yeah, that's never happening. Wow. But that's the news is that this Jeff Epstein guy just went, you know, is going to jail. Like, he's just such a hardcore idiot pedophile. Wow. That it's almost like he's so incriminating <laughs> that he's like he's taking down both parties. He's just he's the guy, you know. Man, it feels like just thirty seconds ago we were talking about Guitar Center. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the, the Bill Clinton thing. Just immediately, I was like, Are, "Do you know about what everyone's saying about Bill Clinton today? Because oh, yeah. it's not good." <laughs> uh... <laughs> it is. Let's check back on Seven Eleven. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see Let's if get... every political pundit has gone to prison. <laughs> God, I mean, I fucking hope they do. Because I don't, because you know how I feel about these things. Drain the swamp. That's what I think. <laughs> get rid of these fake news There's fucking... fucking bodies in there. <laughs> yeah, dude, drain the goddamn swamp. There's pedophiles in the swamp. It's kind of funny thing, also, drain the swamp, because any. Buddy who protects marshlands would mm-hmm. be like, no, swamps not are swamp. very important <laughs> to any ecosystem. We need swamps. <laughs> the last thing we want to do is drain them. 
Man, it is funny. I should the one thing oh, one of the things that's happened since yeah. I've like won't completely stopped looking at Twitter mm-hmm. is I don't know the news. Yeah. Uh that the Jeff Epstein thing is mm-hmm. only just something I've followed for months and then you know it's it's kind of been a sleepy. Well weekend. you caught it on on uh, child porn websites first. <laughs> <laughs> I caught it uh, I, honestly I get all my news from mrskin.com. Oh wow. I get all the latest headlines. What's Mr. Skin? <laughs> is it a child porn website? <laughs> It's the one that used to find celebs. Oh, celebs! Naked. That one, celebs. Okay, yeah, uh, that's where I get my most current news. That's what I'm trying to say. <laughs> oh God, that's where I got. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, no, uh, I know. I, I try to disassociate, but basically, this is a news story that's been around for a while, and this guy's finally going to prison. So it's kind of like you know when Cosby was being talked about. It's like, oh, he's finally going to prison. Wow, you know, well, good. Yeah, good. Good. Honestly, good. Yeah, I don't give a shit. Yeah, I don't give a shit. When people are like, oh, he's going to take down Trump. Well, what about Bill Clinton? I'm like, I don't give a fuck. He can go to prison too. They can all go to prison. I don't don't give a shit. (laughs) Yeah, I don't give a flying fuck. If they're associated with some petter ass, they can all. all, Yeah, no shit, dude. (laughs) Yeah. What the fuck? Well, that was how I spent my Fourth of July weekend, <laughs> celebrating in prison the the pri- the imprisonment <laughs> of a pedophile. Well, I mean that's a pretty good reason to celebrate, Our dude. Judicial system has done it once again. <laughs> <laughs> um, I the reason I think that we went, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I was saying with the KRZR stuff was that I started getting those remotes. One of them was a guitar center, mm. but I, one of them was literally free Slurpee day. And dude, it was one I of the best you. days of my life Yeah, because I got paid $400 to stand outside 7-Eleven for two hours. And normally I'm standing outside a business like guitar center that is just like, I feel like an asshole for promoting, but I'm like, I'm literally just on the radio. Be like, yeah, come to 7-Eleven. The Slurpees are free. So <laughs> I completely endorse this and I have you know, see their CDs, and um, you can have that, I guess, if you want. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I didn't know that they do it every year. Aristotle's just told us that they do it every year. So For how long? How long have they been doing the 7-Eleven thing? Well, this, what happened, what I did was in 2006, so it's been at least 13 years. That's um, awesome. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. It's awesome that they give back to the community. <laughs> totally, dude. Yeah, because they just take and take and take normally, dude. This fucking 7-Elevens. Dude, I was in the 7-Eleven in Echo Park once uh, long enough for there to be two beer runs. And it w- it was fucking insane. Beer runs? What does that mean? Oh, that's when you rob a liquor store of beer. Um, just of beer? Not the... I mean, like, I mean just the beer? Like, yeah, I mean, that's like one of the things that some people call it when you like steal a case of beer. Oh, just a case of beer. Yeah. Got it. Specifically, like like a beer run is specifically you get a case of beer and then you sort of like sneak near the door and then you burst the door open and run. This is like teens. A beer run. (laughs) Got it. Well, no, but this was like. like, college kids. I mean, Hmm. this dude was in his 20s. (laughs) He was a Mexican dude with a bunch of neck tats. Got it. And so I, perhaps wrongly, but I like assumed it was some gang shit. It seemed like, and like, 
I know that not every Mexican dude with neck tattoos is in a gang, but I think if you're in Echo Park <laughs> and you're like covered in tattoos and you're doing a beer run, it might be some gang and shit. And your I, neck tattoo <laughs> says, I am in a gang. <laughs> hey, Dave, I'm I in am, a gang, signed gang member. Hello. <laughs> I am MS-13. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, signed. Uh, a lot of LA Patriot. tattoos. Yeah. You know? Um, <laughs> and he did it twice. Same guy. Mm. That's, it was really crazy. Uh, he fucking. He came and he was walking around and then he like did a beer run. And the guy behind the counter at 7 Eleven was like, what the fuck? Hey. And, uh, and the guy ran. And then I think he came back in and the guy behind the counter didn't see him because. I don't know how he would have just let him back in. Yeah. But I saw him and I don't I don't care. And uh the guy <laughs> yeah. the guy ran again and then the guy behind the counter at the seven was like, Hey what Hey, fuck, what the fuck? Fuck you. <laughs> and then I was just standing there like holding a bag of Fritos, and the guy turned to me and he literally said to me, What the fuck, man? You didn't do anything. And I was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just stop the what cashier from noticing? No, to stop. No, the cashier was mad at me that I didn't stop the guy from stealing. Oh, he was mad at you? Yeah. Damn, dude. That's like straight out of like Spider-Man. <laughs> when like <laughs> there's like Spider-Man, the, the origin of him is, you know, he's like a wrestler and he's doing it for money. And then like he could have prevented a, a robber from getting away. And then there's always this moment in this that I've always had a problem with. So he lets a robber get away ostensibly by just not stopping him. Yeah. But then the promoter or like the guy who got robbed then gets in Spider-Man's face and he's always like, in every iteration of the story, he's always like, you could have done something. <laughs> Why didn't you do something? Right, right. I was always like, are you fucking serious? That guy could have had a fucking knife, a gun. Like, are you out of your mind? Like <laughs> yelling at someone being like, Why didn't you stop crying? <laughs> Why aren't you s Robocop? <laughs> I've been thinking about this phenomenon a lot, actually, because we do, we live in this society now where it's weird. Like, you're supposed to, like, people get really mad at you if you don't do that stuff. <laughs> don't stop a crime. Like, isn't it like, uh, yeah, John Kincionis from What Would You Do? Wait, what? There's a, there's a show on like CBS that's called What Would You Do? I don't. I don't mean to interrupt, but there's a no, no. show on CBS called uh, I think hosted by John Quincyonis, and the whole show is "What Would You Do <laughs> in This Situation?" And it's kind of like all these viral videos that you see on YouTube that are kind of like social justice warrior pranks in the sense of like they set up like a woman breastfeeding in public or uh -huh. like an actress doing it, and then someone coming up and being like, "What the fuck? You got a tit out? That's gross! Damn! Vote for Trump, bitch!" Like they just have someone come out and be like an insane asshole, and it's like everyone in the food, you know, court was didn't say anything when this man just started screaming, yeah. and that's the whole show. The whole show is they hire two actors to force regular people into very painful social interactions. Right. And then get in their face and be like, what the fuck? You didn't stop that guy from screaming at that woman. For, it's like, dude, I'm, I'm going Maybe. to Old Navy after P.F. Chang's. Like, what the fuck? I'm at the mall. Yeah. Like, this is not. Yeah, we would all like to think that we would be that hero. No. I certainly would like it's to amazing. think that. And I would like people who are in trouble to be helped. Don't get me wrong. And if you know someone's getting assaulted and no one does anything, I think that's so fucked up. 
But also, I don't want to live in a society where we're like, you're a piece of shit if you're afraid. You're afraid. Yeah, they were afraid, man. Dude, it's like it's like jackass where it's like that you you know, or like Jamie Kennedy X, where you like expect the big like X on their face, like this dude's a racist for like for not stopping this other racist. Right. It's kind of it's just insane to Isn't to there prank like a thing that's happening right this. now? Nick Turner was telling me about this yesterday, how like the comedian the secure, and great guy. The, oh yeah, I love Nick. Left Nick. Check uh, out his album. The Vegas shooter. There was a security oh, shit, guard outside dude. the door who like wouldn't go in for a while because he was fucking scared. Yeah, yeah. And That's that dumb. guy might go to jail. Uh, oh my god. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yes. Okay. I, yeah, I no. wish he would have gone in. <laughs> wow. But like, no, no, none of this shit. It, it's yeah. Not, like, like, life is not a movie. It's the same yeah. shit as like when Trump was like coming down on like, there was the Parkland shooting and there was a security guard outside yeah. who like he waited because he literally does not know the situation He's inside a of a building. Security guard. They're not supposed to do No, anything. he was a cop, but it's even oh, then. Okay. You just, that's not your job. Right. You don't just run into a place that's like apparently there's a shooter and act, like you'll there's die there's a gun that get is, in there that's how that works <laughs> yeah yeah you have a plan you go in like so trump was like buried that dude by being like dude. honestly i know a lot of people in my situation if i had seen you know a school under fire i would have run in uh -huh. with my tiny hands i would have like judo chopped the guys and then i would have used my bone spurred feats to kick him in the chest and yeah. flatten him across the wall. You know, you would have used all his physical deformities as yeah. an ally. Once I'm done... <laughs> once I uh, am done... combat character made of weaknesses. Once I'm done wheezing from going up three <laughs> stairs, then I would... Dismantle someone's violent plan. What are you talking oh, about, dude. you fucking hack? I... Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, not so to bring much, it too dude. much onto that, but that's just so fucking funny. It's so... Oh, man. <laughs> wow. Um, it's been a crazy 4th of July, man. I said this on my own solo episode, but I've had a real hard time being like... Me too. Yay! <laughs> this country's great. Because the weekend that it was happening, it just seemed like a lot of stuff was happening in the news. Anyway, I mean, I don't want to get too mired into that, but... I don't know. We can talk about that. I mean, I had a real... situation. Bad Fourth of July, and it was straight up because of loneliness. <laughs> uh, so, and that's funny. I was at, I was having this conversation the other day about how like being lonely and how much it hurts, and uh, and I real that is like where I've been mentally recently. And uh, and then I said a thing that also is tough, and it's like I feel a lot of shame about that because. You know, even loneliness is real. Feelings are real. But also, like, kids are being separated from their parents literally by our government. It feels so ridiculous to get upset about your own, like, bullshit yeah. during that time. Um, it's and then holiday. we talked for a little bit longer. And then the conversation turned to, like, yeah, well, maybe... Um, it's harder to feel good right now because children are being separated from their parents by your fucking government. And it's like, yeah. And I do forget that we are living in an era of just darkness right now where it's we're all at a lowered state of being, at a lowered sense of wellness because yeah. even if you support Trump for some fucking god-awful reason, everything's <laughs> bad. 
Yeah, so no, like, I know. It's <laughs> like it just it must wear down on like people's empathy. Yeah, and I think it does because I see a lot of times like you know they try and do the Fox News like asking people at a diner, you know, political questions, which yeah. I think is like insane. Where it's like, why are we always going to diners? Like, right. But what do truck drivers think? About, it's like, diners or the street. We went down <laughs> to the street, yeah, and we talked to people. <laughs> why we went down it's, to Times Square? Oh. <laughs> The place where you don't have to be anything to be there? It's diners, <laughs> drive-ins, and dives. And dives. It's the Guy Fieri <laughs> trifecta. No, I we know. Just, I, we talked to diners, drivers, and divers. That's, that really is their thing of like, we're definitely talking to like middle America. And the common response they'll get when they want to get the soundbite they want is from people just being like, I don't know. Stop. No, it's more like, I don't, children in cages, stop bringing it up. Like, you're wrong also, and I don't care, and you're trying to play this, like, moral, like, quandary thing. So they're, like, very removed from it. You know (laughs) what I mean? Like, they've come full circle where it's now, like, fuck you for even bringing it up. Right. And I will never process this as a (laughs) guilt thing. It's more like... How dare you even say that? And what about the five things you guys have done? <laughs> so that's the fucked up thing. It's like I was watching just like, you know, Fox News discourse about that. And it was really upsetting just to watch like old men just be like, I know children in cages is bad, but that is not the question we're talking about. <laughs> it's like, no, that's the question we're all talking about. Yeah, man. And um seems like it should be the only thing that we were talking about until it stops happening, but Exactly. It's kind of this uh, you know, banality of evil thing that we associate with, you know, the Holocaust is like just this slow trickling down of like, well, I guess that's now okay, and that's now okay, and that's now okay, and uh Right. Right. It's never going to be like one day just all of a sudden the lights turn and it's like, you know, Everything that is progressive is now the Holocaust. It's just like, it's going to be a very slow thing of yeah. you losing, you know, appreciation for what is your, you know, way of life. Yeah. A lot of your um, freedoms. Guys, listen to the Joe Rogan experience <laughs> to get a lot more of my thoughts. <laughs> I think everything he thinks. Guys are going to want to tune in to the Twitter sphere. <laughs> uh, it's funny that we're talking about uh, the government because the person that we're talking about uh, this week come with um, it now. <laughs> yeah, honestly, kind of. Uh, I, I, you, you might say that this was the first man in history to come with it now. <laughs> Jesus, he was the first person in recorded history to rage against any machine. <laughs> He created the first machine to rage against it. Um, that's actually not true, but his okay. the but you'll know why I say that when we start talking about him. His his name is Thick Wayne Duck, and I'll allow it. He in uh, in 1963 on June 11th, he um, set himself on fire in Saigon to produce to protest. The, um, the like Buddhism problem in South Vietnam at the time. 
And there's a famous photo of it that everyone has seen, and it became the cover of Rage Against the Machine's first album. <laughs> I think a lot of people are familiar with it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like one of the most you famous photos on You might recognize him from t-shirts <laughs> yeah. across the globe and posters in college dorms. Yeah, his valiant protest has been co-opted by corporations in order to make money. Damn, uh, I would love to know more about anyway, this Anyway, here's a pants ad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so my band, you know, we just get together every <laughs> month at Guitar Center, you know. Uh, Daryl starts playing some, uh, you know, guitar picks. He just plays the picks, you know, over in the picks section. Totally, yeah. And then, you know, I make my way over to the keys. You know what I mean? I'm all about the keys. Guitar keys. Guitar yeah, keys. Yeah. They're, they're, no, they're, <laughs> I play the guitar oh, keys. The keys. They got the pianos. They got a, a wide <laughs> piano selection. I go to the grand baby piano. Grand baby. Sure. It's a grand piano, but it's a baby. Hamden, it sounds like you're talking about Piano Center now. <laughs> <laughs> They've made it into one center. Nah. That's why it's a center, dude. No way, dude. No, Guitar Center is like a black <laughs> hole of instruments. Nah, You dude. go there, you can get anything. Nah, in the no, no way, dude. No way, dude. You've you can go in there. there. You've can, never been there, dude. You can go in there. You can actually buy a Beatles song. Nah, dude. You can have anything in the known music sphere. There's no Beatles. Didn't you see yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> Ever I want since yesterday, forget. there's no Beatles anymore, dude. <laughs> I'm the only one who remembers the Beatles. Uh-oh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, good. It's good, actually. Because <laughs> I'm famous. Uh, it'd be so funny if he's the only guy to remember the Beatles. Mm -hmm. He plays the Beatles songs, and people are like, this Sucks. That would have been such a better Holy movie. Holy shit. If he just like if he was already Ooh. famous <laughs> and then he started playing Beatles songs and everyone was like, fuck you! <laughs> this sucks. No, what is this? 1960? <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> oh, this sounds like the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I hate um, them. Okay, well, I guess so. Try something different than straight out of Compton. Ooh, ooh, crazy uh, motherfucker uh, uh, named me. <laughs> Imagine you woke up one day and you were the only person on earth that remembered System of a Down. Toxicity of our city. What was that? Well, yeah, you just played Shimmy, 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 y'all. When did you write that? <laughs> oh, and it's a guy that has nothing to do with the Armenian genocide. You, you wrote like an album about the Armenian genocide. No, it's the system of a down song. Uh, who, who's who's that? Who's who's system? <gasps> Montage. <laughs> yeah. Montage. Montage. <laughs> Grab a brush and put on a little makeup. <laughs> you still British? I, uh... I don't think you trust in my so righteous suicide. Why do you sound like John Lennon? We remember John Lennon. <laughs> the toxicity of our Ooh. city. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't see that movie. Yesterday of a down. <laughs> uh, what is this? What is the system of a down song that that would be? Chop named? suey. Chop suey. You're chop right. Suey, yeah, that's chops, the one. Yeah. That's what it'd be called. <laughs> chop suey. <laughs> 
Um, all right. Uh, we're not talking about System of a Down this week. We're talking about Rage Against the Machine. The original lead singer of Rage Against the Machine, oh, Thick dude, Wang Nice Do- connect. Thanks, dude. Honestly, yeah. System of a Down to Rage Against the Machine, seamless. I'm a pretty I'm I'm a pretty good at this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really good at did this. Did you ever work in Fresno Radio? <laughs> Why, yes, I did. <laughs> it's pretty good. Yeah. Um and I'm the only person left who remembers <laughs> Fresno Radio. <laughs> Wait, Let's talk just about wait. all their No one else bands. remembers 103.7 KRZR, the wild hair? <laughs> How did you make oh, those no. sounds? I'm the only one who remembers the radio station in Fresno. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just making the sounds of the radio. Fresno, Fresno, Fresno. Sound effects. Oh my God. Oh my God, I'm Peter Griffin. What the deuce? What the deuce? When did you write that? You gotta believe me. <laughs> There's a whole world where I've already heard all this. Ask not what your country can do for you. Rock, 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 rock. Um, D- dumb side note to the whole yesterday movie. Do you know the movie uh, Peggy Sue got married? No. Okay, it's a dumb tra- time travel movie, mm-hmm. but they also have a whole thing about she's like she gives a song from the Beatles to somebody before the Beatles ever come out. Okay. I was kind of like, yeah, it's the same oh. fucking idea. Like, yeah. you stole that. It's, it's a very famous movie. <laughs> huh. We should call them. <laughs> uh, maybe you should call your movie tomorrow, because that's when you're canceled. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> we hang out. Hey, leave threatening messages. <laughs> we leave a bullet in their mailbox. Maybe you should call that movie tomorrow. Dude, your movie yesterday should be called Plagiarism, you fucking thief, bitch. I found a gun today. Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute, dude. Think about this. If the Beatles never existed, does that mean that Sharon Tate is still alive? (laughs) Oh, my God. That would have been awesome. <laughs> just like, all about 20 Manson. 20 minutes in, he gets Sharon Tate. He meets and Charles just, Manson. Yeah, Charles Manson's like, what's up? I just uh, got to make sure you're okay. <laughs> Honestly, I only feel good if you've been okay. What's up? I'm Charles. Uh, this is my guitar center. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, welcome to Manson Family Orthodontics. If I see a copy of Catcher in the Rye, I'm burning it right now. <laughs> oh, yeah, dude. Fuck, dude. It's good book. That also right? means that Jared Leto movie chapter <laughs> oh, 27 oh, was yeah. never made. Dude, they didn't think about a lot of the wrinkles they were going to have to iron out with this plot, dude. Holy shit, dude. Yeah. There was one funny article that was like, this movie basically posits that music would be totally the same if the Beatles hadn't existed. And I was like, you know what? It probably would. <laughs> Of course like, it would. Are you claiming music so good <laughs> <laughs> that only the Beatles could have made the latest song on the radio that's like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, I'm a party girl and I like to fuck boys, yeah. I'm a party girl. Today's my birthday. <laughs> like, I'm pretty sure that's 90% of songs. <laughs> I met you on a beach in Southern California. Girl, you're so sexy. I just want to love to you. What's funny is that, yeah, exactly. Especially 
with the existence of the Beatles, like pop music would be the same. By far, the most popular Beatles music, by far, is the shit that's like, girls are hot, they're so <laughs> hot, hot, hot. <laughs> we met under a bridge, yeah. and I want to see your tits. Or I want to hold that. your clit. I want to hold your clit. I want to oh, wow. hold your clit. <laughs> wow, dude. I want to hold your clit. <laughs> dude, that's... If I were the star of that movie yesterday, mm. that's how I would have changed the lyric. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I've got the perfect song. I want to eat some ass. <laughs> you know, because I have Beatles songs, but also I'm super fucking modern, I dude. I just feel like the Beatles <laughs> were missing like one thing. More clit stuff, dude. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, man. Woke up, got out of bed, put a cock in my mouth. Just, everything's... Uh, <laughs> A Beatles song <laughs> that's you've made better. You've now made better. <laughs> get back, get back in my asshole. <laughs> He's talking about the USSR needs to get back in his asshole. Keep fucking yeah. me. The USSR, my ass. Come in my mouth right now. <laughs> Come on. Pages of it, they're like, oh, it's this, perfect. This, it's good oh yeah dude it's good it could be great it's like we're not changing it i've always wanted the jerky boys to be in the beatles (laughs) dude (laughs) dude imagine if the jerky boys never existed do you think comedy would be the same Yes, that's exactly what this movie is like. Exactly. Oh man! You're like it, exactly like the Beatles maybe inspired like some weirdos, but like popular mu- music. They're just really general, good at pop music. The reason they existed is because there is popular music. Yeah, <laughs> they totally. Were expressing the attitude of the time. It's just so funny too. The like the idea. What's oh, up? Oasis. Aristotle's bringing up Oasis. Oh, so Good you're... point. That Oasis for sure wouldn't exist without the Beatles. I think Aristotle's mm. making a good point. Oasis for sure. So that would be a good part of yesterday, right? Yeah. He's like, who are the Beatles? And then like, <laughs> more of the point, who are, who are Oasis? <laughs> I've never even fucking heard of them either. There's no more Oasis. There's no Oasis. Who else? Blur? <laughs> Just all white British dudes. Yeah. <laughs> nah, it does feel like... Aristotle, I salute you there. That's a good... It feels like Oasis basically built their entire career off of being like, don't they sound like the Beatles? Ooh, and, and the killers say that hmm. they got together through a shared love of Oasis. Okay. So, no, so oh, okay, the plot man, thickens. Yeah. No Beatles. And the more importantly, effect now no killers. happening. Absolutely. So no killers. Well, then now what do we fucking do? Well, am I? There's only Limp Biscuit. No one's ever asked me if I'm human or dancer. Wait, Aristotle's showing us. Oh, sure, that doesn't get a laugh. Okay. Aristotle's now showing us that apparently it's in the movie, and we Oasis is. Maybe not in the. Oh, there's no Oasis in the movie. I see. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, let's cut this. Well, fuck. (laughs) Why would you show us the Oasis? Yeah, thanks a lot, you fucking dick. (laughs) Aristotle, why would you lead us on this Machiavellian labyrinth of logic questions only to turn around and find that you were the insidious captor? I'm going to write a movie about how no one remembers Coheed and Cambria. (laughs) And you're going to fucking hate it, man. (laughs) 
we're gonna erase you from yeah. this fucking podcast. Honestly, Dave and I are gonna go back and erase your background <laughs> chuckles from every episode. What would the world be like without Aristotle's? What would yeah? What would the world be like without Coeating Cambria? The movie's gonna be called Moon Boy Loves Afro Girl or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. All I know is that the <laughs> he is not okay with this. Arizona is very upset that we would send you. It's like Coheed and Cambria is like a whole story that there's like a comic and songs, and it's about these. It's comic books day. These like alien boy and girl, and they love each other yes. in space or some shit. That's what it's about. <laughs> and one of, them's a, one of them's an emo kid, and the other one loves metal or something. Oh, it's Star Wars. It's like, about a farm kid who hates his dad. Yes, absolutely. Well, <laughs> absolutely. I'm being reductive. Absolutely. Because I'm Which trying to about make... a fish. Yeah, yes. It's a movie about a fucking fish. I am trying to make Aristotle mad. Because I have no respect for Coheed and Cambria. I like Coheed and Cambria. Well, I... Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> you keep uh, making me have to stick up for these people that I don't like. <laughs> you just said you like them. I love them! <laughs> but oh. I don't like them! <laughs> oh, I see. Uh, You're like their father. I get it. <laughs> I feel like it's like you and Limp Bizkit. Um, I like Limp Bizkit. That's what I'm talking about. Can you defend that in a court of law? Absolutely. No fucking way. Liking Limp Biscuit? No, in a court in, of law? Of law. Absolutely, dude. <laughs> absolutely, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, this weekend, absolutely, dude. I prove I right. prove you wrong. Okay, bro. the court of Limp Biscuit. Dude, I could go on Judge bad. Judy, and you could sue me, and I would <laughs> still like it's Limp Biscuit, dude. <laughs> Dude, you have absolute but Coheed and Cambria, that shit, that no Your no, Honor, this is a kangaroo court. No human law <laughs> would defend liking Coheed and Cambria. Human law defends Coheed and Cambria. Most of their songs about gravity. Either way. Space concepts. Look, I support anyone liking whatever they like, and we've been over that, but I think it is safe to say that all the songs are about Moon Boy and Afro Girl. <laughs> <laughs> They're about Moonboy, but sung by Afro Girl. That's the lead singer. <laughs> and they were like born in a bell tower or whatever. And it's... Yeah, they're like brother and sister, and they're in love or something. <laughs> Both are Dracula. <laughs> Dracula. Both are Draculas in space. And they're like made of the moon and all end of space all and right. crystals. All right. And being sad. Uh, all right. enough of this. Let's talk about... Uh, first of all, I don't even come close to speaking Vietnamese. Like, I don't even understand the sounds that are used to speak Vietnamese. So oh, I'm going on. to butcher every name. Already thick wang duck. I know I'm getting that really wrong. Okay. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah. I won't be reductive uh, by any means. Oh, um, yeah, no. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I've had that too. More like, people who speak Vietnamese. I just want you to know, this is not coming from a xenophobic place. It's coming from me truly trying <laughs> so hard to say it right and having no idea how. 
So please forgive when he does a Robin Williams good morning <laughs> Vietnam type of bellowing. You know. Right. When I start uh, <laughs> doing a hammed up, purposely racist accent, know that I am trying my best. I'm trying. Um, when, uh, yeah, when I start playing clips of, of Mickey Rooney and Breakfast at Tiffany's, please know. So this guy we're going to talk about, I basically know him through high school. Like basically his right. the image constantly be put everywhere, it being appropriated a lot of times for any sort of political movement. So what's yeah, totally. We've all seen the image of him like sitting in the square uh, and burning, not moving. I mean, it's like one of the starkest images I've ever seen. It's yeah. the first time maybe I've seen something and really been like, oh, like I think. I think that photo might have been the thing that made me start processing privilege. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, okay. I didn't call it privilege, but I think I looked at it and I was like, oh, I have, I do not have these problems. <laughs> <laughs> at least that level. <laughs> yeah. Like, right. Not so much privilege, but you're like, I for sure know whatever's happening here. Is I have not had to deal with me. this it, yeah. because a person to be pushed to burning yourself, uh, yeah. you have to have like a very, very intense gripe, uh, yeah. or an intense misunderstanding of fire. Right. Like you have to be right. like, I guess fire feels good. Yeah, you could be mentally ill, yeah. you could be, or might be the really in pain, or you have to not know what fire is. Absolutely. <laughs> But if you don't know what fire yeah. is and you started burning yourself, wouldn't you immediately be like, ooh, hot, 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 hot? Yeah. <laughs> That's my thing. Is like when I see this story, I'm like, it's political and stuff, but I'm like, maybe there's some sort of like mental illness that allows you to do such a thing, like in public and spectacle and horrify people. And all you know those, what's really interesting, things, man? You know? I kind of thought the same thing. I thought like going uh, into this, if I'm going to find that, mm -hmm. I, wondering if I'm going to find that. And, yeah. and I really don't think so. Okay. And I do, there are a lot uh, it's it's referred to it's self-immolation that's what it's called burning yourself in public for uh to make a political statement it specifically means that and there are other types of self-immolation uh self-immolation means killing yourself to make a political statement but usually it's done with fire Got uh it. interesting there are only a few cases where people were where something is referred to as self-immolation and it's like seppuku or something like that interesting um yeah yeah it's mostly fire it is like largely a monk's thing and uh there's definitely probably some sort of significance to fire right i mean fire well, it's, is like almost a deeply you know kind of religiously connected thing Absolutely. And you know what's sad now that I'm realizing? I know I, I read a lot about the story of this man, his life. I didn't really look into that. Why fire and self-immolation are this grand statement. I mean, I have thoughts and guesses, you know. Yeah. Uh, That's all we got. <laughs> That's right. all we got right now. But like, no, this is a Welcome guy. Thoughts and I, guesses. <laughs> I mean, you know, maybe he was mentally ill, but I, I really do, judging by how he lived his life, mm -hmm. Uh, combined with what was happening in South Vietnam at the time uh, and the Buddhist monks' history of self-immolation to make a political statement, oh, I really don't think... I mean, literally, hmm. when it happened, uh, he and two other monks drove onto this street in Saigon uh, in a car, parked the car, got out of the car... It's a Ferrari. Uh, it was a fucking, <laughs> yeah, it was a fucking Camaro, dude. Sweet ass Camaro. Yeah, it was like, 
you know, and they fucking tucked and rolled out yeah. and already on fire, Dashed fucking over the doing hood. karate. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. yeah. So yeah, this guy was Pulled definitely right played by square. Vin Diesel. Yeah. Um, but they pull up to the square. You know, pull up the it's square. Kind of a park, mm-hmm. and um, one of the Buddha, one of the monks is holding a can of gasoline, mm-hmm. and another one is holding a pillow. And they like literally. He's got a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> this is the most interesting thing to me about the event is they set a pillow down and he sat on it, and that's that's so fucking interesting. Got to me. be comfortable, right? Maybe that has significance to some sort of ceremony. I, I know it like, for sure. It you does. know what I mean? It's so yeah. specific that it almost feels like it has to have some sort of. Unless he's just like literally, I have no ass. Like I, 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 I I'm like Hank Hill. Like the minute I touch butt to concrete, it is like bone on stone, and I'm. I want to burn without hey, being up? all like, like oh, my ass. <laughs> this week on Bone on Stone. <laughs> I don't want to be like burning alive and be like, ooh, it, it hurts to see. Ay, ay, ay. Ay, ay, fucking ay. Yeah, no, I, I would imagine, again, man, fuck. I'm now like uh, regretting not researching like this specific act and what it means in Buddhism. It's dumb that i didn't but anyway i what what he did like sit and pray and meditate and so the pillow is a part of that uh and that i i believe that that the meditation is why he didn't start screaming and freak out wow and yeah deeply meditative state yeah i mean there are those monks that like there's those cases of monks that through meditation could learn to walk again uh, oh, really? after having been paralyzed. Yeah. That has happened a time or two with Yogi. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. I mean, it's like they say that if you know what you're doing, you can meditate yourself into controlling your feelings entirely. I definitely do have like belief in that. I mean, for sure. Sure. It's just so interesting. It's yeah. kind of hard for me almost to grasp that I'm like, why would why would like people who have been doing this for so long, you know, they they've come up with the perfect way to get into a deeply meditative state. You know, right. you'd almost think like this would be a more recent discovery. Otherwise, right. it would just be proven science fact, and like right. everyone just does it. Yeah, you know, like if it's been around for so long and it works. Why isn't a part of modern medicine? That's interesting. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I, I <clears throat> believe in it, but I think that's the problem is like, say, when you bring up a lot of like hypnosis or deeply meditative stuff, there does seem to be a bit of speculation where people are like, I don't know. Like, You know what's interesting? That's true. That's so true. And I am a skeptic almost all the way across the board. Yeah, I'm like such a, a big like believer in like science and I like the, the modern world, how we process information, it seems right. But, and so like, I, I don't know, I don't, I'm not going to be the type of person that goes to Eastern medicine to cure things. I'm not going to be like their drugs aren't going to work the surgery. They're trying to kill me. I'm not like that, but I do definitely for some reason believe in, meditation and that a human being can through meditation control 
their own thoughts and feelings. I yeah. do fully believe that, and that's fucking crazy. I had never really <laughs> realized that. I reject every other side of it. I think the reason is oh, interesting. that, like, I think the reason I think that makes sense is that you can, I can, to a certain extent, control my emotions. I can, to a certain extent, sort of, like, raise my pain tolerance and things like that. Hmm. So I can do it at a lower level. So if you train yourself, you should be able to. And I think it's different than other Eastern medicine because you know, with, like, hypnotism and shit like that, that's you doing it to someone who has not gone through any training. Hmm. If you, like, coach yourself over years and years and years to be able to not feel pain, yeah, sure, I yeah. could see that happening. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I really do think that oddly enough our own human minds are one of the more powerful things yeah because really if you think about it like all you know is your own reality and right. it's very like <laughs> guys this is becoming the joe rogan experience but yeah i mean like you know if if like what you're experiencing uh is all just kind of in your mind no one can really refute that because yeah. you know like can i really prove it to you any also other way a really oh i'm sorry are you Oh, winding up to something. I I don't know. I guess it's just that uh, there has to be something to our brains that we're we're not totally uh, aware of and don't have full comprehension of. Yeah, because there is this still the skepticism or like people are unsure about a lot of these things that could very well be science. Yeah, you know, like right. Yeah, yeah. No, I do wonder that. I mean. Like, I think I, I went to a hypnotherapist and it was very much like pseudoscience. I thought he was maybe 10% right. And then the 90% of other shit was like a scam. Right. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's so much where it's like, I was kind of like, man, if there was some sort of government oversight on this guy, <laughs> I would have had a guy who does hypnotherapy who was good. And like, right. you know, but the problem is, is this guy It's just not respected. Works. Right. Yeah. His whole thing is like, we can do shit. Like, he was the kind of guy that was like, I can put you in a state where like, I could set you on fire and you wouldn't even like, no, you know, sort of thing. And then I... Like, weeks into it and you're like oh i was like no <laughs> yeah. cool i could I'm suck in. your dick and you wouldn't even know it i could dude. kill your whole family i could kill your whole family i'm going to you kill your family know it. and you're not even gonna know it and you're like uh yeah a couple weeks in, you're like oh he's like um you know like uh life coach kind of thing like a little bit of a scam artist like a tony robbins type of person like i'm gonna say what you need to hear and then you know yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Anyway. Yeah. It's interesting, man. So I've always kind of had my skepticism with meditation. I, I've oh, enjoyed really? it. I've I've felt some benefits from it, but I do have a hard time sometimes thinking about like full removal of like brain from body. Like by yeah. own just humans, just us doing it to ourselves. Sounds promising. I mean the reality like is it. though that we are a like a body controlled by a brain. Uh, it, you know, and I know I just said the dumbest thing ever. We are a body controlled by a Butts brain. But are controlled by poop. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> Both are linked um, inextricably. So, I mean, it is... I, it, I was talking to, I keep bringing him up on the show, uh, when I, my friend Jeremy Raiden, the poet I brought up. He, Raiden. He said this really, <laughs> he said this really interesting thing. He was like, he was like, yeah, I've been writing a lot lately about how it feels to be a person with a body. And that wording I really liked because I hadn't really thought of it that way before. But it's true. Like that's, we are our brain and we have this vessel 
that has all these functions. But when it comes down to it, our identity, everything we are is our brain. Mm -hmm. And so I actually, yeah, I'm on the whole other side of the spectrum where I really think like I totally can see how we can like figure out a way to yeah. control how the body is working. Well, did you know that actually a lot of the body actually reacts before the brain? Oh, like really? A lot of times like parts of like your face, like moving like your eardrum before you smile and stuff like there's there's whole parts of your body that are moving and then that signal all goes up to your brain oh, interesting. you know and that's actually where we lead is actually through our body like a lot of it because we're all we're, we're, we're just putting in signals we're putting in through our eyes our ears all of it it's actually very rare that our brain is you know kind of ahead of things because our bodies are are just made of receptors it's every every part of you is basically receiving information constantly. Yeah. I mean, we, we like I mean, to kind of put our brains as bigger mm -hmm. than ourselves. But I actually do find that a lot of times, say, this this runs in with, like, bad behaviors and stuff. Where we're like, well, why am I so sad? It's like, well, are you drinking all the time? Are you putting all this other stuff before your brain? Before your brain can process things. It's like, what are you doing to your body? Yeah, I mean, sure. What you're saying to me right now makes sense, but also, and I'm, but also, I don't entirely agree. <laughs> no, and sure. I want to start arguing back. The problem is that, like, I, everything I'm about to say, I don't know what I'm talking about. Actually, sure, I'm like not a scientist. So I'm not a I, scientist at all. Mm, These come are on. just the <laughs> exactly. don't sell yourself short. Uh, I did lead with <laughs> I am a scientist, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, this is just stuff I've read about, and honestly, that I've heard about for a bit is just you know our receptors it, it kind of a, a lot of our environment starts affecting our brain in ways we don't even realize right away because we're not so smart we're not like why am i mad and then we'll later on we'll be like well that yeah. room was really hot I didn't but that doesn't mean that, that the brain isn't in control it's in that just means control. that it, yeah I, I think it's Again, I, neither of us know what I'm, what we're talking about. Uh, well, like, <laughs> you yeah. can't, you, like mm -hmm. if you're hot, you can't just decide your body to be like cold. But what I'm saying is that's maybe not necessarily true. I mean, it's true for maybe monks can get that's, there. I don't that's know. all I'm saying. I like. I would love to. <laughs> I I think like the way. Yeah, sure. I, again, it's fucking dumb that I'm talking about this. I'm gonna move on because I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but like, yeah, we just don't know. I just can't imagine that. Sure, your brain receives information and then sends out more information. It's all connected. I don't know. Uh, but if you get into, but this is why it's interesting. So then you would have to trick your brain into a way to subdue those body impulses, right? Yeah, absolutely. So if that's the normal human path, then I guess you have to shut down those like receptors and stuff. Basically, you'd have to, right? Because if otherwise, how could you hold something hot and not I like? I just don't know. <laughs> you can take a wild stab, dude. I I really don't think the Buddhist monk community is going to come after you on this. Well, no, I literally don't. I don't know. Okay, yeah, I don't know. I I hope that would be the solution that the monk can then train his brain to not feel the pain. Yeah, I, uh, <laughs> it's funny. I I don't know, but uh, I I also think. Yeah, I'm not worried that the monks are going to get mad at me. I just literally don't know. I don't... 
think anyone does. Um, but I, it doesn't seem out of the realm of possibility to me. And, uh, and I also would wonder if it's not that simple, if it's more like you, yeah, fuck. I just don't know. I just don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, how do you feel about it? It doesn't really matter. I, uh, yeah, it doesn't matter to me. I think that the fact that he did it, I don't know. I think that no matter what, okay. there's going to be pain. Yeah. I think if you have control, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we've gotten sort of lost in this wormhole, or at least I've gotten lost in this wormhole where I like, I couldn't talk to you about that because I can't argue with you because I, I haven't even read any of the things you've read about it, sure. and I don't know what I'm talking about. And uh, you seemed wrong to me, oh. but I didn't read any of that, and I'm dumb, so I just right. don't know what to say. But I do think like... Okay. Yeah, there's more Compelling. control. It feels to me like there's more control over your own actions than you are saying, but mm-hmm. you also could be right and it I don't know. I just mm-hmm. think that these people say they have control over their brain and their nerves and they can sort of like trace back neural pathways right. and through this thing in meditation and maybe yeah. they're wrong, but either way he was able to set himself on fire and not move. So that either means he's psychotic, he doesn't feel pain, he is able to control those feelings, or he is some like combination of all that. Wait, wait, wait. The total I, other option is that he's drugged. Right. He also could have been on drugs. Could have been drugged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Which is almost like, that's my thing. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean. Which like... Honestly, then there's another. That's another I think the thing. Political statement is very important, of course. Like, sure, you know, I mean, just, it, it, no matter what, it was yeah. a it was an important statement to make. But I, I there's also the possibility that what meditation does mm. is basically a drug. Yeah, uh, exactly. And I like, yeah. I mean, this is all all of. I've always thought ever since I like, uh, I don't know, in my adult life, I've always thought like spirituality and religion and and psychedelic drugs and um meditative states and hypnotic states are all connected in some way how human beings feel about it and process it they all are inspired by each other and combine to create these feelings of euphoria and fucking whatever you know i think it's a, a relation to connection between humans all of those sure drugs and stuff like say the ones that the good drugs basically cyclosoap (laughs) (laughs) hard crack but like psilocybin mushrooms and stuff and all those acid where people feel this connection same as religion same as a lot of these things meditation it's like feeling a connection to something larger to yourself and I, I I get why say like when people have to quit drugs they have to find religion a lot of times right you have to replace this thing the one thing that people really need is some sort of connection to, right. to something something man that's so interesting because Jonah last week on the interview was saying about drinking a thing I knew totally mm. what he was talking about mm. and I also feel like it's a dangerous thing to tell people um, but I I knew what he meant when he was saying like. You go through all these things. It's hard. Our life, or we chose this life because it's like an adventure. We're chasing a dream. I and was you, stolen and put into this life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you lose, yeah. you lose that sense of a, of the light that you're chasing, right? Mm-hmm. And drinking can sort of like yeah. keep it up along the way. And that's true. Like when I'm drunk, a lot of times when I'm drunk, I uh, I feel like the hero of the story. That's how I feel. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, that's exactly and, how it feels. And that's kind of what it's like to have a relation to like be someone who is incredibly devout to God. I think and <laughs> be like, yeah. I am important, and God is important, and this relationship matters. Oh, so giving yourself uh, some importance also. Oh, and, absolutely. And holding on to that. I mean, yeah. And I think also, yeah, maybe that's all intertwined. You know. Yeah. Like something I've always enjoyed is uh, going to concerts and then feeling this elation that feels like church. It, the, yeah. a, a feeling I've never even gotten in church, but it feels like that connection between like, holy shit, we're all here for this and we're yeah, just worshiping kind of giving it up thing. to something bigger. Yeah, a feeling. You yeah. Know? Uh, and that's always been like amazing. I yeah. don't know. Uh, I would hope that meditation can bring you to there. I would advise people to definitely take up meditation. From what I've oh, gotten out yeah. of it, there's never been a negative. Clearly. For sure. Well, you're never going to be like, fuck, I meditated today. And now I feel like shit. It's like, it, uh, even if you fuck it up, even if you do meditation poorly, you'll, you'll be fine. There's, no, there's really no negative thing. You should, you should try it. Um, I also want to talk about what led to him doing this uh um, his girlfriend break up yeah <laughs> he was stacy like, michelle <laughs> no michelle michelle hated michelle, fire my bell yeah. i'm the only one who remembers this song i'm gonna kill myself or maybe it was actually a mutual breakup and he was like i've always wanted to light myself on fire and she didn't want me to but now that i'm single i can do what i want so i <laughs> <laughs> uh, i tried to write a whole joke and then i was like no one's gonna remember the show chernobyl like mm -hmm. months later but i wanted to do this whole I thing will. about like i started dating somebody and like they're in la and they're an actress and i don't want to brag but they're on chernobyl and uh <laughs> they, they play melted woman number four and uh <laughs> of course when we were dating you know i used to argue with her all the time like don't melt your face no one will cast you it'll be crazy <laughs> like i would fight her about melting her own face <laughs> Is they don't melt your face, the rolls will get gone. And then now she's in Chernobyl and, you know, she's melted face woman number four. <laughs> so so I was, I got my face, you know what I mean? Yeah, that was the whole bit. It was just wow, like that's great. dating somebody who wants to melt their own face. Because they're like, I think rolls will come around <laughs> eventually. You're really quick with him. He literally moved, I think. Tick is how you say Tick Wang Duk. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, he uh, at seven years old he moved out and started the process of becoming a monk. He moved in with his uncle, who was his spiritual master, oh. and then at fifteen years old he took the like novice monk vows, and then he was ordained as a monk at twenty, where he immediately moved out into the jungle to live isolated for you three know years. Where you are. Baby, <laughs> yeah. you in the jungle. Twenty-year-old yeah. monk moving to the fucking yeah. jungle. Moved to the dude. jungle three huh. years. Welcome to and the jungle. Welcome to the jungle. And then when he came back, Don't is when he had it. the spaghetti incident, uh, <laughs> and and other Guns and Roses references. Um, so then he literally like spent his adult life as um, as a monk, teaching the Dharma, teaching Buddhism. Uh, he went to Cambodia for a time. He traveled all around Vietnam building temples. He, hmm. he this is kind of during the conflict of like communism being a huge problem in that region. It wasn't, this is, so he was born in 1897. 
And so then he became a monk in 1917. And so it was in the 20s. Yeah, totally. No, he was old when he died. He, uh, oh, what? Yeah, he was like 66 when he died. Oh, wow. 65, 66. He was a young guy. Yeah, so well, you don't say Vietnamese don't crack. You know what they say. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> also, everyone looks young when they're on fire. <laughs> His career is so hot right now. He is so hot and viral right now. Um, Blowing up. Yeah, so in the 20s and 30s, yeah. and well, in 40s and 50s, he just like traveled around Vietnam and oversaw the building of temples and pagodas and in the course of like 10 years or so he oversaw the building of what is it 48 pagodas um so he was like loves pagodas he likes pagodas that's more than a couple a month (laughs) (laughs) that's a lot of pagodas (laughs) they should have called this guy pagoda tick because he liked pagodas a lot (laughs) um so so then we get into the 50s and 60s, and um, the, I, again, I don't know how to say his name, DM is, I think, how you say his name. Uh, no Din Diem. He was the president of South Vietnam from 1955 until 1963, November 1963, when he was killed. Oh, congrats on um, the re-elections. Wow. Yeah, yeah, he just Long kept run. getting re-elected. Yeah. <laughs> Good run. <laughs> and uh, and then he was literally killed when the government was overthrown in like a yeah. super bloody coup because everyone was mad. For example, mad enough to burn themselves to death in yeah. <laughs> Saigon in public. Um, and also, I mm-hmm. think Buddhist monks have just had a real like rough go. Yeah. I think. They're an easy group to marginalize and beat up. Right, <laughs> right totally. Um, Tibet is uh, still under Chinese control, I believe, right, to this day? Probably. Uh, I bet all the tea. <laughs> I think there's been a lot of self-immolation surrounding uh, yes. Tibet, specifically. I saw a movie about Dalai Lama, canceled. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> P.U. Dalai Lama. Yeah, Dalai Lama's. Sorry there weren't any hot girl monks, dude. <laughs> Dalai Lama's writing articles for Maxim Stuff Magazine. Dude. If I was a Dalai Lama, I'd have to have huge tits if I was a chick. It is funny. It's like there is nothing more telling of how fucked up it is for women on earth that the Dalai, Dalai Lama, Lama saying that shit. I know. <laughs> it's also hard to like, you can't, it's hard to get mad at him because he's this like old man who's worked for peace yeah. so hard. But it's also like the world is not a good place when a man, an old man who loves peace is like, yeah, but you got to be hot. I oddly <laughs> talked a lot about it on my solo episode. Oh, did you? <laughs> for our Patreon episode. Yeah, I don't know why. It was the day of, and I just kept talking about it because I thought it was the funniest thing. It's so funny. My thing is, honestly, Mm -hmm. is like as upsetting as it is, I was kind of happy that it was finally a news item that like everyone across aisles (laughs) can agree on. Yeah. It's hysterical when the Dalai Lama acts like a bro. Yeah. That's just on paper funny. It's funny. It's like if the Pope was like, hey, you could have a big dick if you're going to be a Pope. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like if well, he it's just like when, said something wild like that. But when, uh, like, I, I remember Mother Teresa came out a staunch opponent to condoms. Yeah. <laughs> I remember just being like, like, 
Jesus Dude, she Christ. loved a raw dog. It was insane. <laughs> exactly. It's she was so like such a no con. Two worlds that should not collide: <laughs> sex and the Dalai Lama. And the dude, like, <laughs> Mother Teresa was always trying to trap dudes. <laughs> that was her thing. She was using yeah, that pussy dude. like a trap. Totally, dude. dude. But you could use a condom, but I'm gonna fucking take it from you and pour the cum into my pussy. I'm Mother Teresa, and I like to have kids. <laughs> um. Uh, yeah, so this is something that I didn't know. That era uh, of South Vietnam, yeah, during... Like, when when was the Vietnam conflict happening? Uh, Between the United States and Vietnam? Would yeah. Be somewhere in the 1960s to the early 1970s. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it makes sense that South Vietnam was just... was a fucked up place, oh, just yeah, like North Vietnam was. Yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, like, I yeah. guess I always thought of... It, like North Vietnam, that's where the Viet Cong was. That's where we were. That's what the what was the communist state, right? I think I'm getting that right. I think so. Yeah. And South Vietnam was yeah because South Vietnam was the side that was getting aid from America. Uh, they were getting attacked by the Viet Cong, right? I I believe so. We were on the side of the South. Okay. Okay. You don't know. I all. don't know. I'm trying. Oh, okay. I'm trying to. Is there? Yeah. No. I. I it is embarrassing that I don't know that. <laughs> um. But anyway, my point, yeah, we were on the side of the South Vietnam. Did Holy your dad shit. fight in Vietnam? Yeah, he did. This is hysterical. <laughs> this I mean, is the most hysterical. I'll bet thing. you he doesn't know. Okay, Aristotle's giving okay. us a thumbs up. Good. Okay. Uh, it is so he know your dad. lame that I don't know that. <laughs> did you say your dad didn't know? Oh, I'm sure he doesn't. <laughs> I'm sure most, yeah, dude. I don't even know, man. <laughs> well, I don't even know. I think I'll bet you a lot of people that's in the military hysterical. you talk to are like, I'm just doing what they tell me to do, bro. Um, anyway, the reason that's important for me to say is I, I, uh, I had never really thought about it, but obviously if North Vietnam is this place, if Vietnam is divided, I just always thought of the way I think of Korea now, which South Korea is like, they're doing great. It's an amazing place. Yeah. Seoul is like one of the coolest cities on fucking earth. And I always thought of the Vietnam war that way or South Vietnam was like, on the side of the West and they're doing fine and they're prospering, but it was just not the fucking case. They're at doing all. as well as Flint. Uh, <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> they're doing Flint well. So one of the things that was happening was like, yeah, this guy, uh, uh, Nodin Diem was the president of South Vietnam and he was Catholic and he made, he like, he designated South Vietnam as a Catholic country at one point, Ooh. which is crazy because <laughs> South Vietnam was, they don't have exact numbers, but it's somewhere between 70 and 90% Buddhist. So like fully Buddhist, <laughs> like it's a and Buddhist like, fucking it's basically country. basically Buddhist and then babies who aren't fully Buddhist yet. <laughs> that's, that's what that number, that and dogs. <laughs> like you're basically right. saying like people were about to be Buddhist and then the rest are just fucking Buddhist. Right. Yeah. And when Vietnam was under French control, uh, the French designated Buddhism as a private religion. Like you could be Buddhist, but you couldn't practice in public. Wow. Uh, wow. Yeah, totally. Uh, you, you had to get official permission from the government to be Buddhist in public, basically. And so when uh, Vietnam won its independence, hmm. um, that law was like not taken away and DM didn't get rid of that law. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, 
You can't be Buddhist mm. in public. So yeah, you technically were not so you had to be allowed Catholic. to be Buddhist in public. And so people okay. were Buddhist in public. There were pagodas and stuff. But the the military... So there was the military, but then there were also private uh, army regiments run basically just by rich Catholic people mm-hmm. who would just pay people to be in their army and they would just raid pagodas because they wanted to. To just like shut it down. To shut it down. Just so basically like, what, stomp all what President DM day. did was he created a Catholic upper class. Mm-hmm. If you were Catholic, you were basically Fine. set. Yeah. And then everyone who was Buddhist was an undercast and the Catholics were allowed to treat them like shit with impunity. Um, it was like, uh, yeah, I mean, it was... Uh, <laughs> It was like a genocidal slave state. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it was You're like... Uh, religious people did something bad? <laughs> I do not understand where this is going. It's funny because when you said like, you know, you can't be Buddhist in public, but yet Catholic is like the state religion. I was like, well, how do you be Catholic in public other than just be like, I feel guilty, plus I don't yeah. want to wear a condom. Yeah, I guess, yeah. <laughs> you just say that just out loud. Smash everywhere? cut to, to 1960 South Vietnam, and everyone's just walking around yelling, <laughs> I hate gay people. I hate gay people. I feel bad about my own dick. Yeah, and there were a bunch of other little things, too. Like the only way that you could advance in the military is if you were Catholic. Wow. So people were constantly Damn. converting to Catholicism. There were entire villages that would publicly convert to Catholicism together. So. They could get money from the state and things like that. Buddhism was, I mean, Buddhists were like poor and discriminated against. There were, um, and the same shit happened in like Korea too. Like, if this is why it's like there's so many Korean and Vietnamese churches in America, and oftentimes you're just like, why? Right. What does Asia have to do with the Middle East, which is already insane because it's by way of America. So it's like you believe in a Middle Eastern doctrine doctrine by way of America exported to Asia. <laughs> it's like it third it like fourth fifth level doesn't make any sense yeah. that that would be your religion. You're like, but trust me, it's the guy from the Middle East. It's right. Like, you didn't you heard about this guy third party. Third party. It's and not like, even people from the Middle East coming over being like, you gotta check out Jesus. <laughs> this is like dudes who heard about it, who heard about it, who are then being like, you yeah. have to convert to this religion. I mean, right. <laughs> I, yes. I it's funny, I've thought that for that's made me mad for so long, I like can't even talk about it. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Yes, we have, our lives have been wow. ruined by something third party from thousands of years ago. It really helps the capitalism spread across the world. God damn. <laughs> Another thing uh, that the president did was he there is this thing called corvée labor. Have you ever heard that term before? Sounds cool. It's constri- conscripted labor. It's government mandatory slave oh. labor. Just like there are some states where you have to serve in the military, there are some countries that force the people who in their citizens to do specific amounts of work for specific amounts of time. Sometimes it's monthly or yearly or whatever. And a lot of times it's public work, like public works related, like cleaning up garbage or like fixing shit. That was in the last Um, episode where we were talking about Otabenga and basically like the Belgian... You know, colonialization of the area was like press gang people into labor. Just like, you live here? Guess what? You're collecting all the rubber because now we want rubber. Right. You're getting paid. Well, we'll feed you because we don't want you to die. And if we, you know, for any reason want to punish you, you know. 
you're right. immediately punished. So it's slavery. It's just it's, it's conscripting slavery. people into slavery. Yeah. So the Catholics <laughs> in Vietnam were exempt from corvée labor. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, we're yeah. not good in the sun. <laughs> we're a little fair-skinned. <laughs> I don't know. Is there a hat? Can we have a hat? <laughs> My name's Hampton. Hi. This I is... was raised a good little Catholic boy, and I don't want to work in the fields. So then, uh, in at the beginning of May in 1963, um, the, <laughs> the government, I guess President Diem, he... He made this announcement. Buddhists were banned from flying their flag on Vesak. I think that's how you say it, which is the birthday of Gautama Buddha. Like wow. they're yeah. a huge holiday huge for holiday. them. Yeah. Banned from flying it. And then also, not long before that, like a week or two before, um, there was a celebration for Archbishop No Din Tuk, which was the president's older brother. Um, He's the archbishop, and all the Catholics were allowed to fly the Vatican flag during that time. So, like wow. a couple of weeks after yeah. the Vatican flag is flying all over Vietnam, they're not allowed to fly their flag this is on the a, birthday of the Buddha. Yeah, and this is the like a complete the suppression of their religion at this point. Oh yeah, totally. And I kind of wonder if it's like I often wonder about when you're in a society where it's like you know things are going south, right? Where you're like. Hey, this happened, and then this happened, and then this happened, and then you know history will then go. Well, this was just them getting rid of Buddhism, right? I just wonder if in the moment they were like, "And now we can't have the flag." Oh, like, that's definitely it's what. Just it. another thing, or if it was more like you know, like when you look at history, it, through oh, I see what eyes, you're saying. Just like I guess Buddhism was just. Right, you know, like I know. Isn't outlawed. it so fucked up? How many things are summed up in one or sentence? Or if it's a slow in thing, history we, class. You know, I think sometimes it's easier to oppress people by doing it very slowly. Sure, for sure, right? Because people just get used to it. Well, this flag thing definitely was what woke up the Buddhists in mm. Vietnam. Come with it now. Yeah, they were like, oh, "Fuck this!" Prayer. They they started protesting all over Vietnam and Wait, flying the flag, which was against. Uh, the ban that the mm -hmm. president put on flying the flag, obviously. So then, yeah, protest after protest. And then, you know, the Vietnamese army started killing protesters here and there. Uh, it wasn't like... As you do. It wasn't constant. It wasn't mm -hmm. like, right. a, like a genocide out of nowhere. Right. But these protests started happening, and any time a protest right. became trouble, they would just, like, wade into them and, like, hit them and sometimes kill them. It becomes easier. And then easier. the government also... The government has an, a Vietnamese-language newspaper and an English-language newspaper that is spread throughout the country. So everyone in the country is getting news from the government at the exact same time. And Robin Williams. And Robin Williams, obviously. <laughs> obviously. Um, They're basically just getting government propaganda. Right. And so the government propaganda about these killings of the protesters is they're saying that the Viet Cong is doing it. Yeah. And so... There still isn't as big of an uprising after the government is killing these protesters because people believe what they're told. Why wouldn't you? You know. So um, <laughs> now Damn. enter uh, these Buddhist monks. They're like, we have to do something about this, mm -hmm. and uh, they do exactly what I told you. They uh, it's like a coordinated effort where they do these self emulations. Um, I don't know. Immolations. Uh, immolations. Yeah. yeah. The 
Buddhists, there were a lot of Buddhists there who knew it was happening, mm. but there were a lot more Buddhists there who did not know it was happening and knew who he was. Mm. So people were losing their minds Holy while shit. it was happening. Um, yeah. When this is one of my favorite facts about it, uh, the day before it happened, June 10th, 1963, the U S press, uh, was tipped off that, quote, something important was going to be happening outside the Cam Cambodian embassy in Saigon. Okay. And basically no press went because the Buddhist uprising and the Buddhist crisis, they called it, had been going on for over a month now. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, yeah, yeah, of course something's going to happen. People are getting shot and shit. It like happens. <laughs> so there was a guy from the New York Times and a guy from the Associated Press who went. Mm. And that's it. Wow, that's actually really mm. important because it's mm. like, I feel like this story, the way it's being presented, could have just been a blip. Yeah. Completely. Oh, yeah. Like, just like, there's been, there's say been like the pacification of Buddhists like a ton in that region where they're basically shutting them up. They're being, killing. And this is like, it took, a, it took a photo. It really did. It took like the world... There's a couple yeah, of photos right. from Vietnam that are very important, and this is like definitely up the top. You know what? I'm gonna say it cracked the top five best genocidal photos <laughs> of Vietnam. So here's you got I, naked girl uh, running down the street, scared. Number two, prisoner getting shot in the head. Right. This is third. I'd say. I don't know. Hell yeah, dude! <laughs> Tonight on Max X. <laughs> um, something that I didn't know is that. 350 Buddhist monks and nuns walked into this square behind the car. It was a, it was a sedan <laughs> with the monks in it. They were just sitting, driving in, and then 350 um, other Buddhists in different, like lined up in specific ways, walking in, kind of like an army regiment, uh, came in and then surrounded. Um. Uh, Tick Wang Duk while he like the pillow was laid out and the can of petroleum was put there and he sat down and one of the monks dumped petroleum really? all over him yeah there so was this like, is kind of more of a group effort it, oh yeah they planned it it was like yeah. I mean like the Buddhist establishment in Vietnam decided we have to do this I'll do it and he was like <laughs> oh, and they were like I'll and, do it and two birds one stone we hate this guy <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> You know, things haven't been going so good with my girlfriend and me. I'll do it. Um, yeah, um, so apparently you want to talk about it? No. the one cool. monk set the pillow down. He sat on it and he like assumed the meditation pose and then the other monk uh, doused him in gasoline and then he himself, and I think this is probably an important part of it, he himself pulled out a match, lit it, and dropped the match on himself. And then he sat there still in silence and burned to death until his body fell over backwards. Yeah. And um, while, the, while the monks were walking in and surrounding him, they were carrying banners that said different things. Metallica. And one of the banners. Metallica, yeah. One the 99%. The, <laughs> one of the banners said, a Buddhist priest burns himself for our five requests. Oh, he definitely had that pre-written. Oh, sure. Yeah, he didn't like, give me a Sharpie. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Fuck, dude. I just thought of this. Uh, okay. He left a letter hmm. that were his last words, apparently. And the letter said, before closing my eyes and moving toward the vision of the Buddha, I respectfully plead to President No Din Diem 
to take a mind of compassion towards the people of the nation and implement religious equality to maintain the strength of the homeland eternally. I call the venerables, reverends, members of the Sangha, and, and the lay Buddhists to organize in solidarity to make sacrifices to protect Buddhism. Yikes. It's a really impressive quote. And then uh, the reporter from the New York Times who was there, David Halberstam is his name, he said this, I was to see that sight again, but once was enough. Flames were coming from a human being. His body was slowly withering and shriveling up, his head blackening and charring. In the air was the smell of burning human flesh. Human beings burned surprisingly quickly. Behind me, I could hear the sobbing of the Vietnamese who were now gathering. I was too shocked to cry, too confused to take notes or ask questions, too bewildered to even think. As he burned, he never moved a muscle, never uttered a sound, his outward composure in sharp contrast to the wailing people around him. Hmm. So, in other words, it was fucked up, dude. Do you think he had problems at home? I think he was fucking... <laughs> I think he was kind of weird. <laughs> <That guy. laughs> um, Yikes. Yeah, I like man. that he was just like, I didn't know what to do. I couldn't even... I was so full of diarrhea, I couldn't even shit. <laughs> I was so full of emotion, I couldn't even cry. Wow. I was so hungry, I couldn't eat. Apparently, while he was burning trading back and forth between English and Vietnamese, a monk was saying into a microphone, a Buddhist priest burns himself to death. A Buddhist priest becomes a martyr. Over and over again. God, that'd be so fucking tight if they were just trying to get rid of the, like, the nerds. The <laughs> and they're like, see? See? Like... Over and over again, in English and Vietnamese, he said, this guy sucks, dude. This guy fucking sucks, See, man. no, they're using him as a prop. See, this is about the Vietnam War. And then, like, you know, they're just like, thank God he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Dear Lord, it's honestly, I'm a little upset at how, um, like, coordinated this is. Yeah? Yeah, this is really upsetting to have like 350 people basically all expecting you to make this public display. Yeah. Uh, it sounds like, yes, people were upset, but it also sounds like this was coordinated to shock and to terrify people, right? right? Like, For this sure. is like, it does open, send open your eyes, a possibly you know? bad message, which is like the nine days after he did that, eight days after he did that. Mm -hmm the government instituted like a shitload of anti-racist reforms. Anti-racist? Yeah. What do you mean? Like they started to reform their laws about Buddhism. Really? Like it got better. Yeah. Oh, really? Because, wow. I mean, because what happened was, uh, everybody like, this was in Western papers. And so yeah. the American government was like, I'm going to, we're going to not send aid to your country anymore. Yeah. You're fucked. You stop doing this. We are also on your side in a war. What are you doing? <laughs> stop treating Buddhists. Yeah, and so they had to. The problem there the so that like yeah, so a week after they instituted all these reforms. But then and that sort of like calmed the conversation down and it wasn't in the news anymore and once it was out of the news after like a month they started like raiding pagodas and killing people again. And that's why there was a revolt to overthrow the government in November of 1963. That one that killed the president. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, this guy was devious. He was obviously like a, a sociopath or a psychopath who just did not care about human life and mm -hmm. was power crazy and was just trying to stay in power. And so, yeah, someone burned themselves in public and the U S government was like, 
fuck you. And he was like, yeah, yeah, of course. No, no, no. I just didn't know. And uh, he like made some reforms and then the U.S. went away and he was like, hey, yes. <laughs> what does it matter? They're all going to reincarnate. <laughs> <laughs> That was insane, dude. Yeah. They basically told me it's okay (laughs) by doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Dear Lord. You know, it's funny. It's also me bringing up like uh, before, like there's the, there's like a couple images from Vietnam that are very startling. Yeah. And they always point to is this really turned the tide of Vietnam and this really changed things. But it's just so funny to me that there's like, there's a lot of images that they always point to as that. And this was the real one that really made people turn around. Because really what it was with Vietnam is it, like, it had to be oversaturated to people. Like People had to see a ton of this shit to really give a fuck. Right. Like, they had to see, like, caskets come home and, like, prisoner abuse and, like, people, you know, killing themselves to make political protests. And, like, you know... It's just kind of funny how much it takes for people to like give a shit. Yeah, I mean, to then write your government and be like, "Hey, could we at least stop that?" Well, yeah, it's interesting <laughs> too because I always that thought that this had something to do with the conflict between North and South Vietnam. That's yeah. what I always thought. Uh, and to read that it didn't is really interesting. You know, like yeah, I seems I think I was taught in high school that that photo was like what. That and like Gulf of Tonkin is the reason that America went into Vietnam. And you're like, like hey, teach. Are you're you, dumb. Are you Zach De La Roche? <laughs> <laughs> He's got like dreadlocks coming over his professor glasses. Like, no, no, no. I would never. No, uh, children. All right. Come with it now to uh, page 60. We're going to learn about how the government is giving people AIDS in the ghetto. Oh, hell. I mean, is it wrong? Say, this is maybe a reason we wanted to even talk about it, is the Rage Against the Machine connection. Like, do you feel like it's wrong for them to take yes. someone else's Absolutely. political thing? I mean, like, they're roundabout trying to pay some sort of homage. I, I don't know. I don't maybe. think... It doesn't make me think that... I don't think they're morally bad people. Mm-hmm. I think that... I mean, I... <laughs> They're bad. I, I really like Zach Delarocha's politics, and I really like that he tried to get into the mainstream with this like insane, angry political music, and it worked. And then yeah. it touched people. I love that man. I think that's really, really impressive. This, but definitely mm. using the imagery of a person who is burning to death for the cover of your album. Which that you're gonna you made make money, money off of right? is really tough t-shirts. for me to. Yeah, it's definitely been on t-shirts. Yeah, who's making that money? Yeah, like you does know? it? I mean, but then again, there's also a possibility because of how outspoken they were that they gave like a lot of the money to the Free Tibet organization because they did do a lot of work for Free Tibet. I remember that they played a, they did a huge concert in New York City while I was in high school that was for, for Free Tibet. The Beastie Boys yeah, did a Beastie lot of shit with Free Tibet, too. Free Tibet. Yeah. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. they were always like, just forget about the gay slurs, because we're all about Free Tibet now. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> like, just please stop focusing on our old lyrics. <laughs> we're so sorry. <laughs> we're so, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we were... We, we're in hip hop in New York. We're sorry. I didn't realize that when my mom threw away my best porno mag, it would make me get into like Tibetan revolution. <laughs> you know? 
Yeah. Uh, uh, Malcolm Brown, by the way, is the name of the AP guy who took the photo. And he won a Pulitzer for <laughs> and it. And he's made $25 million off of likeness rights uh-huh. and merch. I did think it was interesting that he won a Pulitzer. Yeah. I mean, that's definitely... like mm-hmm. It's funny. A, a bunch of those uh, emblematic photos of Vietnam all won awards. Yeah. Because, of course, it really is like the, the point of war journalism is like you put yourself that much in the fray that, you know, the fact that you got a good photo is like you know, almost a humanitarian thing. It's like, who was that guy we talked about a long time ago who was taking like, um, he was a photographer. We did an episode about him. Man, we've done a lot of episodes. And he was caught, he was, well, yeah, the, I guess he was, he was caught taking like photos of someone starving. Oh, yeah. But then he made it kind of seem, or or like, Fuck, you know. who were we talking about? Oh, it, yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. past episode we've done, but I just thought that was really interesting about, say, like, war journalism, or getting really deep into, like, yeah. you're going to basically be taking photos of atrocities, and then you have to accept an award and just be like, I did it! Yeah. I, I, I shot yeah. the photo of the girl with no skin! I did it! <laughs> totally. <laughs> hey, Mom, I mean, hey, it Dad. is a weird, fine line. Like, yes, we yeah. need this documentation. It does help the world, but at what point? You just never mm. feel good about that award, I'm sure. Right, I'm like, sure. I just wish I wasn't even fucking there, you know? One thing I, d- I want to say before we wrap up. Oh, well, actually, two things. Real quick. I am also realizing uh, I clearly have a very... I, I, the history specifically of Vietnam, I definitely got a lot of it wrong. I was just like, <laughs> you, and you heard me saying that. All the stuff that relates to what happened leading up to him burning himself, him as a Buddhist monk, the Buddhist crisis, the president, I got that shit right. But the Vietnam War, the, the climate surrounding it, and it, like in totality, I, it's so sad, but I don't know what happened. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but I just want you to know, listening, don't trust me on that part at all. I mean, there's like Kissinger is still alive, and he's like the war criminal that basically was like, let's keep the Vietnam War going dude, for, for election season. His son runs Conan Conan's production company. Did you know that? Yikes. And I fucking pitched tv shows to that dude and it was so weird we me and my old sketch group was me jake weissman about the vietnam war (laughs) and your dad being totally cool with soldiers dying (laughs) all right hear me out hear me out yeah it was me and jake and alan strickland williams and pat bishop sitting across from he looks just like him dude and we were just like we talked about it after how we were all like it was so hard to not bring it up. Like, what the? Fuck? You still talk to your dad, or like, <laughs> <laughs> looks just like him, and he. We're just Damn. like pitching a show called mm. Truth Finders. You mm. know what? I mean? uh-huh. uh, he's like stern. And he's like, wow, okay. Mm. He was oh, very stern. Mm. He was mm. like, yeah, mm. I could see that. Very interesting. Yeah, very interesting. Very interesting. Cold, analytical. He's like, I'll be right back. He goes in the bathroom and kills a hundred North Vietnamese <laughs> people. And. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I gotta go kill a hundred thousand soldiers and he just jerks off. That's what he calls God. <laughs> gotta go kill some soldiers. Damn. Well, I certainly well, hope he is- doesn't hear this. Uh oh yeah, the last thing I wanted to say uh is that their look up self immolation, it is 
There has been so much of it in history. There has been so much of it that the most recent recorded self-immolation I straight up didn't know about, it was May 29th, 2019, in front of the fucking White House. Oh, wow. And you were like talking about how hard it is for something to make news. Uh And like, this was covered by the news, but the fact that it wasn't just like... What everyone was talking about at least that day. Yeah. His name is Arnav Gupta. Apparently Baron thought it was really cool. Baron Trump. Vaughn? Baron Trump. He just thought <laughs> <laughs> Baron Trump was like, cool. Nice, dude. Cool. He's it was like in the White House ellipse. This guy Damn. set himself on fire. That's so recent. Yeah. You know who else historically did it? Joan of Arc. Yeah. She did it to herself, dude. Conspiracy. <laughs> We want to blame totally. the church. I think she did it to herself for I've, attention. I've actually thought this about Jesus. <laughs> that he's it's self crucification. Yeah, dude. Yeah, JFK. Follow the money. He shot himself. Totally in the head. The bullet. How could it be magic if it wasn't him firing? Because <laughs> um, it came from Camelot. Yeah, man. Holy shit, man. Um, guys, never uh, burn yourselves alive to, uh, of course, make any sort of political <laughs> statement. I can't believe how recent this is still happening. Yeah. Um, and with no traffic on it. No one's talked about it. That The, the guy doing this back then c- caused international I know. change. And now I know. it's like a blip. I know. That's well, crazy. I mean, talk about, I don't know, man. It's very like, uh, uh, what's the word? It's like a apocalyptic of me or something. What's the word? It's defeatist. Hmm. But, um, but it, it, it does feel like we're inside a slow march to fascism. Doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, it feels like, like you said, All it's right, here we go. oppression is accepted when it's incremental, you know? And it, yeah. I mean, obvi- I really don't think, I think we live in a world that's so different from the world even 20 years ago that oppression, that fascism won't look the way it used to. It'll be a lot sneakier. It already is. I don't know. I That's why I said this is maybe an it's alarmist, yeah. extremist, extreme thing for me to say because I don't entirely feel that way right now but it feels like we're getting there it feels like we're letting little things go i think it's important Uh, to be aware of it and to do what you can to try and you know rectify that situation kids being separated from their families you would think would be a thing where people would be losing their fucking minds right yeah sure but you know but you know maybe it'll take aristotle to (laughs) set himself on fire in front of the suicide buddies compound (laughs) To finally get our attention. And we'll be like, oh, wow. Uh, for us to finally give a shit. <laughs> we should go to Texas. Road trip. <laughs> what will it take, Dave, for you and I to finally I, well, I, give it's a It's funny. Shit. I'm talking about us. It's not like, I'm like, why aren't you people doing anything? I'm yeah, no, no, I'm talking to me, too. I'm over here trying to fucking sell a TV show to Henry Kissinger. Man. <laughs> What if it was kids in smaller cages? The smallest cage challenge. (laughs) Oh my God. Move that bus. Show me that smaller cage. Also, clearly, I am very sad lately. (laughs) This is how I'm ending my episode. Yeah, Yeah. so uh, it's it's a slow march to fascism. All right. (laughs) Kids are in cages. (laughs) See you later. LOL. Happy 7 Eleven. Get your fucking free Slurpee. (laughs) Uh, Thanks. That was fun, man. It was fun as always. I'm sorry I'm so sad.
<laughs> I had a lot of fun, man. Thanks for uh, bringing in a cool history to a thing that I've seen a ton of and did not know a ton of that. Yeah, yeah. Same. That was great. Um, thank you so much. And uh, folks, things aren't as always, you know, dark as maybe we like to joke around. And we're just really grateful that you listen to the podcast, enjoy it. And uh, thanks for listening to yeah. us be stupid about, <laughs> you know. Dark ass shit. Dark, dark ass. Dark ass shit. All right. Yeah. Celebrate your dark ass. I'll, uh, <laughs> I love you. Um, take care. Um, I love you. And, um, we are we are not going to be it's it's actually my it's because of me i am i have a lot of work that i have to do right now i just am in this period where there are like a bunch of things that i have to do this week specifically i'm too overworked and that's also why uh, my solo episode is going up this week and didn't go up last week but we're not going to have a bonus up this week but don't worry you Patreon subscribers, uh, we will fulfill our promises as always. It's just going to be a little delayed that you're getting a bonus episode on Patreon this yeah, week. Yeah, I was the same last I just uh, feel really weekend. bad about it. I course, fucking man. hate it no, when we... both we, have had, had a hard fault. time catching up. And uh, you know what? I'm going to cut ourselves some slack. Okay. Great. <laughs> That's really I don't nice feel bad at me. all. Dude, that was really <laughs> good of me. <laughs> Dude, there's this quote out of True Detective Season 1 I always remembered where uh, Woody Harrelson... His character says, I try not to be too hard on myself. And then Matthew McConaughey goes, well, that's big of you. And, uh, <laughs> uh, I always think about that every time. I'm like, you know what, Dave? You deserve a break. And then immediately I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> I should stay sad. Um, no, thank you guys so much. We love you so much. And we're glad you're alive. Glad you're alive. See you next week. Thank you so much for listening to Suicide Buddies. Remember, these suicide jokes that we tell, we do it because we are dark people that joke around about our own pain, and we hope that that'll help you and make you laugh. It's not because we think people committing suicide is funny or that we take suicide lightly. So if you're dealing with suicidal thoughts, please, please call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline right away. The number is 1-800-273-TALK. They're always there. They will hear you, and they know what you've been through. So call if you need it or reach out to people in your life or whoever. There are resources. Feel better. Stay here with us on Earth. Glad you're alive. And thanks again for listening. Podcast Network.